The healthy do not need a doctor, but the sick do. Good morning, Christian America. Today on the podcast, like every Wednesday, we're gonna we come to you with another tidbit of the New Testament, another step down the long journey that is the life of Christ on earth, the lessons that he left us, the example that he set for us, the ideas that he wanted to embark upon us, that he wanted to implant in us, the fire and the faith and the love and the compassion and all the emotions uh, and, and all the intellect and knowledge that he wanted to pass on to us through his text, through the Holy Scripture. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus, his authority, and who he came for. Let's talk about that and more as we get into the text. We're starting with Matthew chapter 9. Good morning, Christian America. Good morning, Christian America. Welcome to another Wednesday on the podcast. Eddie here with the Christian America community and the Christian America T-shirt company. Coming to you again, once again, on another Wednesday, another bright and beautiful Wednesday morning, uh, like we do every Wednesday uh, as we continue our journey down through the New Testament. Uh, for those of you who uh, watched last week, last week's podcast, um, Jesus is starting to announce his authority. Um, last week we talked about healing of the of the possessed man and driving out demons, and that the demons uh, named Legion and and, and and that story uh, we as we discussed uh, is discussed in three of the four gospels. And so, at the time uh, of Jesus's arrival. These possessed men are uh, immediately recognized. The demons immediately recognize Jesus as the Son of Man. They call him the Son of Man. They immediately recognize his authority and ask if, if he came to torture them before the, uh, the appropriate time. If, so they recognize, these demons immediately recognize the authority of Christ, they immediately recognize the power that he has, immediately recognizes their, that they are subservient to him and to his power and that, and that they will not be able to control him and it's quite the opposite, that he has the ability to drive out demons. He has this ultimate authority. And they recognize this before many of the followers recognize this. They recognize this upon sight. They understand his authority. They understand the power of God. They understand that who that Christ is the Son of Man, that he has come uh, to rectify the world. He's come to, uh, to save humanity from sin. And so it's quite telling that the demons recognize this uh, before a lot of the followers, a lot of before uh, a lot of the religious leaders of the time. So it's in this idea of authority, in this truth of Jesus's authority, that we come today to chapter nine of Matthew. So if you turn to your to your Bibles and, and go to chapter nine, we're going to read a few of these passages, and we're going to discuss each one of them um, because they have to do with faith 
and Jesus' authority. So in chapter 9, uh, Jesus stepped into a boat and he crossed over and he came to a town uh, and came to his own town. Some men brought him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. So here we are once again that uh, a demonstration that A, Christ takes into account your heart, your faith, and he stands waiting for you, waiting for us to show that faith, to show that that love, to show uh, that, that we would like to give up ourselves and that we will do anything. And we saw this a couple weeks back with the centurion. We saw this a couple weeks back with the leper. Those who have faith in the power and the authority of Christ um, are always forgiven and their sins are washed away. Their illnesses and their sicknesses are cleansed. It's Jesus's power and authority that allows this to happen. It's, uh, and, and it's through our faith that we show him that he does not turn away. He turn us away. He does not turn us away. Never does Christ turn us away. He always has sympathy and compassion and mercy upon us. And he, and he delivers us from our sins with his grace. Uh, and this is just another example. He sees that these men, not just the paralyzed man, not just the, the paralytic, but the men who carry him on a mat, they, they, they have love for their friend or family member. We don't know exactly who, it, who they are to him, but we assume that they're close. They bring the paralytic to Christ, and the paralytic knows that, you know, has faith that Christ can heal him. And because Jesus just showed his authority, driving out demons, and displayed his authority over uh, evil with the local leadership watching him with the Pharisees looking over him with the followers around him you know he decides that he's going to start to push the envelope of what their thoughts are because he knows their thoughts and it'll say that he knows their thoughts and so what does he say he doesn't say get up your you, you can walk right away he says take heart son your sins are forgiven now that's important because at this time these ailments these sicknesses like uh, like leprosy or uh, being lame or being a paralytic you know uh, it was the idea that because of your sins God has punished you and we see a lot of that of that language in the Old Testament in the Old Testament, you know, your sins uh, inevitably cause your cause your downfall, and we see this as in in Israel as a whole, as we as they turn towards God, the society is blessed, and the promised land is given, and uh, and, and and prosperity ensues, and when you turn from God. When they turn from God, that calamity ensues. That uh, you, you, we enter into you know, centuries of bondage, 
the temples you know, multiple times are destroyed. The people are enslaved and calamity ensues. So at this point, if you were lame, if you had leprosy, you were, un you were seen as unclean. You were seen as a sinner. You were seen as someone not to, uh, to do business with, not to uh, commiserate with, not to have a relationship with because you had done something against God which is what landed you in the predicament that you're in. So that's the context into this paralytic. And Jesus said, take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. And this causes some real angst. And so the Pharisees that are accompanying, that are hanging, hanging back, from Jesus, kind of following him around, watching him, watching what he's doing, hearing what he's saying. You know, they hear this. It says, at this point, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say? your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk so we'll stop right there because it says a lot Jesus knows their thoughts they don't have to speak it out loud he knows what they're thinking he instigated this ordeal he wants to prove the point to him to, to them he wants to show his authority He's demonstrating his authority. He just did it. The demons recognized his authority. So now it's time for his followers and those who would uh, persecute him to recognize his authority. He wants them to visually see, visually hear exactly the words that he is saying and the deeds that he is doing and why he is doing them under which authority and he's going to explain this over and over and over throughout the new testament but this is the very beginning so he's purposefully entering entering into this conflict this conflict with the religious leadership and which he'll eventually call them hypocrites he's testing their intentions he's testing their hearts and the idea the ideas that that they say they believe the the ideals that they say that they espouse that they're supposed to espouse the letter of the law he's bringing them the spirit of the law with the authority in which he's been granted by god and, and so it goes on to say that, <clears throat> but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he is flat out said it. He's demonstrated it. He's flat out said it. I want you to know that the, the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, Get up and take your mat and go home. Then the man got up and he went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. 
Now, let, let's rewind back to, to, to what he first said. He said, which is easier to say? So he challenges the Pharisee, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. Now here on earth, it's easy to say your sins are forgiven. It's easy to, 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 to just think that. If you saw a paralyzed man, if you saw a man, he didn't even have to be permanently paralyzed. He could just be temporarily injured. Maybe somebody just broke their leg or, or dislocated their knee or something like that. Not even permanently paralyzed for, for uh, who knows how long. It's easier, it's easy to tell that person, you're doing okay, you're gonna be fine. You are, you know, God loves you. Your, your sins are forgiven. If, if, if I don't have the power to make that happen, it's easy to say that. Anyone can say those words. But how do you make someone who, who can't walk, walk? How do you have that power? Even if, like I said, even if it was only a temporary thing, somebody just broke their foot. How do you, how do you heal that and allow them to walk normally, instantly? Here on earth, it's, it's a lot easier to say that your sins are forgiven, especially when you don't have the authority. So in this context, Jesus is saying, anybody can say this, right? You're right. Anybody can say this. But I can also tell this man to get up and walk. And he does. So if I have the power on earth, if the Son of Man has the power on earth to make the lame walk, which is impossible, if I have the power to make the impossible possible what makes you think that I'm incorrect or I'm talking out of my lane when I say that his sins are forgiven what makes you think that and he demonstrates that authority by forgiving those sins And to continue down the uh, continue down the chapter, right? We go into directly into his calling of Matthew. So here we are again, where Jesus is is surrounding himself with the people that the that it, that are traditionally called or or seen as sinners, the paralytic, the leper, the centurion, who's an oppressor. And as Jesus walked from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. And he said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now this is the book of Matthew. This is the book that we're reading from. There, were, there wasn't a conversation. Matthew felt the calling of Christ. And he got up and he listened to that feeling. He listened to God's word. And he followed. And while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, 
they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. How true that is. How true those statements are. That Christ comes to heal the broken. He comes to comfort the afflicted. And by doing that, he afflicts the comforted. He makes no bones about this. And it's important that we understand this. That is, the least will be first. And the first will be least. If you want to be the first, you must serve. Because the Son of Man came to serve and not be served. He is flipping our ideas, the ideas of the time of what constitutes authority, what constitutes power, what constitutes what the Messiah is, what leadership is, what humanity is, how we should be striving towards what we now know to be success, which is a someone who serves others, someone who helps others, someone who takes care of others, someone who shares and is compassionate. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. This is a theme that is continuously brought to us throughout the scripture throughout the New Testament that it is through your faith and your faith alone that saves you your belief in Christ and that that true belief and that true faith will lead us to act out the works that he's laid out in advance for us. Acts of mercy, acts of kindness, acts of compassion. Towards who? Not towards the people who have so much. Not towards those in authority on this earth. Not towards the comforted. Because they don't necessarily need it. Not for the righteous is what he says. I have come for the sinners. It's the people that are struggling that need our compassion. It's the people that are hurting that need our help. That is how we build communities. Not centered on who has stuff, but who provides and who serves stuff. Who gives what they have for others who gives their time, who gives their talent, who gives their treasure, who gives what they can in order to live out God's calling for you. 
Christ died on a cross for those who would sin. And those who have not sinned can cast the first stone. And in those two phrases, you hear that there isn't anyone who is sinless or blameless. So Christ has come for us all. And he stands ready to accept us. Some scripture shows us in detailed examples that in order for uh, in order to receive his grace we just have to have faith in him. We have to lean on him in times of struggle and we have to praise him in times of gladness. That ladies and gentlemen Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. As always, if you want to contribute to the Christian American community, go to ChristianAmericanTees.com and pick yourself up some Christian American apparel. We got uh, tees, tanks, sweatshirts, hoodies, caps, um, iPhone cases, uh, tote bags, and other uh, associated items that we're rolling out slowly. Go to ChristianAmericanTees.com. Check it out for yourself. You'll... You, you'll like what you see when you put it on, when you purchase it, and, you, and it comes home, and you put it on, you wear a Christian American tee or, or, or tank or sweatshirt or cap around outside. You'd be surprised at the amount of attention that you, good attention that you garner, that people come up to you mighty fast and, and want to have a conversation with you because they you, you have demonstrated your love for Christ and this country. And that other people who also prioritize these two things, as we should, at the top of their lives, want to engage in fellowship with you, want to engage in conversation with you, want to engage in uh, uh, just a, a generalized, uh, a, a generalized conversation, a, a touch point with someone of like values and of like mindset. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, until Friday when we focus on the family, we want you guys to stay on fire for Christ. Stay lit. Get out there and do good works. Do good works and, and seek out those who have less, who have little faith, who have, uh, who have gone through their own trials and tribulations and seek to assist them in their time of need. Seek to be the light of Christ here on this earth as, uh, as Jesus commands you to be. Lead others towards him. Give past them on the good news. And the good news is that Christ died for our sins. And that he and he alone can heal us. Spiritually and emotionally, physically and mentally. Psychologically and all these other areas. He can, he can heal us. He can wash away our sins. He can forgive our sins and help us walk the road of life to the pearly gates of heaven. If you believe that, that it's time to start acting on it. With that, ladies and gentlemen, until Friday when we focus on the family, you guys stay on fire for Christ and stay blessed. Mm-hmm.